I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, this is another segment in our continuation of Euro 2016 coverage. Joining us now is Jake Jackman, who writes for EPL Index Total Dutch Football and The Boot Room. We're going to be talking about England uh, in this segment. Jake, obviously not the result England would have wanted finished second in the group, but let's talk specifically about this performance. Uh, seemed like you were knocking on the door all match. What, what was your view of this one? Yeah, it was. Um, it sort of went how I expected. I thought Slovakia would, would try and get the draw because, I mean, four points now in, in the Euros is, is more, more than likely good enough to get you through in the third place. So I, I always thought they'd defend it. I was, I was surprised he made the six changes. I mean, Henderson and Wilshire haven't really played much football to sort of rely on them as the legs to carry carry the carry the ball was sort of a bit of a risk, and in competition football, full stop. I mean, you want to have the momentum go forward. Players playing well, like Walker, Rooney, um, they're playing well, so you want to keep them in the team, sort of getting that momentum, keep keeping them sort of happy of how they're playing, and keeping the team sort of together and having having the same sort of players getting the links between the players is is very important in these competitions. So I thought it's a risk. I think maybe he did it. So it didn't seem like he was dropping Kane and Sterling. It looked like he was resting six, not dropping two, which I can understand as an approach. I mean, you don't really want your big your sort of attacking players like Kane and Sterling to get too sort of down and lose the confidence that they have. Or I mean, Kane has confidence, Sterling doesn't really, but you don't, you don't want them to get too down about it. So it's mm. maybe sort of a ploy to keep them sort of not, you know, they weren't like sulking on the bench. They, they sort of just took it as a team. But in the performance itself, you had Vardy, I thought, Looks bright in the first half, but sort of sort of faded as the game went on. And I think it was just Slovakia going for a draw. And I think that's just been what it's like in every group game. We've played three teams that have wanted draws. Two of them have got draws, and one of them came very close to getting a draw, which sort of just shows the lack of invention and the, the lack of creativity in the final third for us. I think as a team, we're more counter-attacking, and I think that's really shown we, we, we can't sort of deal when we've got players in front of us and we've got like little space in behind we we sort of don't operate amazingly when when teams play like that and that's why we've struggled to create serious chances but at the same time going back we, we haven't really been conceding too many chances either I mean you had Gareth Bale's free kick which was just a one-off it was it was a poor poor attempt from heart but that's not gonna happen again the Russia goal was sort of just a, a little bit lucky as well and, and and in this game again we didn't really concede much which before the tournament, you'd say England score a lot of goals, but we'll concede goals. But it's sort of, sort of been the opposite, where we're not conceding many, but we're not scoring many, which I think is just purely down to the opposition we're playing. I think we're going to be better suited coming up against sort of a Croatia, a Portugal, even an Austria with the players to attack us. And that they're going to not sit behind the ball and we're going to be able to get more success in the final third because of that. 
So I think the most important thing was getting out of the group. We've done that. We'd have loved to have topped it and got an easier game in the round of 16 and an easier run to the final. But maybe that could be a blessing in disguise. We could we could do a lot better against uh, the bigger nations. And I think it, it, it's disappointing now, but I think going forward, it, it could be a better thing for us. And it's sort of shown us the, our best team. I think Sterling has lost his place. I think Kane has lost his place. I think Henderson and Wilshire showed they're not ready to be starting games in a tournament. So we, we are going into the final 16 with a lot, a, a, a much clearer idea of, of how we should play it. So it, it's disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. We're into the last 16. If we didn't have that last minute goal from storage, we'd be in a completely different situation now and sort of doing the maths and sort of worrying about what's going to happen. But we're, we're through. And in a knockout knockout game, anything can happen especially with teams who are going to try and attack us. The third place rule has sort of ruined us and France, where France have, have got a bit more lucky and, and got the goals. But we've had both come against three teams that have just wanted the point. And I, I think it's shown the sort of the limitations of the new Euros rules. But I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident going forward. I think when we come up against better teams, we're going to play better and we're going to create more. And I think we're strong enough at the back to defend. So I'm, I'm still confident. Yeah, you actually answered a question I was going to ask, which was how many of the moves today do you think were uh, rotation and how many do you think were just showing uh, who was actually favored in the side? Um, so, yeah, you already nailed that. Uh, there was a little bit of a narrative. I, I hate to keep bringing it back to it because it is a little amateurish. But there was a lot of complaint about some of the Spurs guys in the last couple of matches. Now most of them are rested. What did you make of that narrative that was kind of circling about, you know, some of the Spurs fans dragging down the team? Yeah, I wouldn't buy too much into it. It's sort of like an internet sort of fad with the Arsenal fans sort of pushing it a lot more. I think there's there may be some truth to the Tottenham players sort of being a bit tired and a bit leggy, especially Ali and, and Kane. You can see that in their play. They're sort of, they've, they've put so much high tens, intensity work into the Premier League season that now... They're struggling. They don't have that extra yard of pace. They don't have that extra sort of. They don't. They just can't sort of get past the defenders as much as they could. And I think that's true. But the fullbacks have been good, like Klein, Walker, Rose, and Bertrand. There's no. There's not much difference between any of them. And I don't think it's sort of the spur thing. I think Walker and and Rose have been just as good as the other two. And I, like going forward, that they they have to be in the starting eleven. I think. But I just think with England. The style we play is much better suited to a storage or a Vardy. Vardy sort of runs in behind when he gets the chances against some of the more experienced back fours who don't have the pace that you would in the Premier League. And I think Sturridge hasn't played many games. He has a lot of energy. He, he has the ability to come deep for the ball, carry the ball, beat a few players. And I just don't think Kane has that. And in the midfield, I, I think Ali's been a little bit unlucky. I think he's still sort of settling into the international game. It's a lot different to club football. Like, you can't expect players to play exactly the same in both, which is why you get sort of players that do very well at international level and not at club level. I mean, that's like Peter Crouch, Danny Welbeck, two examples of that. Danny Welbeck does very well at international level. Much better suited to him. He's not expected to run in behind. He's, he, he, he gets a lot more time on the ball, and I think he really like, enjoys that. So it's... it's it's not that they're playing badly. I just think the season's had 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 its toll on them, especially the attacking players. Like I say, so I think, yeah, may, maybe those two should be should be used a lot less going forwards. 
in, in the knockout stages purely just because they're just a bit leggy and they're not op- offering that much. But then again, when we play count, if we're playing against a better nation, counter-attacking football, they're going to get more space, more time, and they're quality players, so they're, they're going to get their chances to score goals. Mm. All right, well, aside from them, uh, who impressed and disappointed for you? Impressed? I'd probably go with Nathaniel Klein. I think he played very, very well. I think, especially in the in the attacking third, he was beating players. He was coming infield for the ball. He was sort of, he was probably one of our best players who in the final third. And I, I think think he showed that as well as Walker's played. I think he's been a little bit overhyped in the media uh, and on Twitter. I think people are sort of going too far in on his performances and saying how well he's done. Yes, he's developed a lot in the last 12 months. He started the season against Manchester United and he looked like the worst Tottenham player on the field. And he's developed so much stop from that and it's very encouraging for both Tottenham and England fans. But there's not much difference between him and Nathaniel Klein and I think he showed that we, we have another option there. We're not over-reliant on Walker in that position and that's a huge positive. Other players that did okay, I think Henderson did okay. He He wasn't great, but he showed he could do a job in there. He sort of better at defending than, than Ali and he, he looked a lot better than Wilshire. Maybe it's just the sort of the comparison between the two where Henderson played a lot better. So I, I was a little I was quite impressed with Henderson and Vardy as well. A lot of his touches um in the first half especially uh were quite unlucky. He yeah he tried to play a few nice balls to get storage in. And on another day he would have had a couple of sisters names. So I think they, those three are the ones that really impressed for me. Disappointed has to be Wilshire. Uh, a lot of criticism coming his way when he got in, uh, got in, um, included in the squad, which was understandable given how little football he played. Um, but then there was always that sort of argument where he he was a completely different midfielder. He'd give us something different. He was a little more dynamic. He was he could, he could take players on. He could make things happen. He did none of those today. He looked just like a completely unfit player, one that shouldn't be at a tournament. And when you have Danny Drinkwater sitting at home, it's sort of disappointing to see Wilshire put in such a performance. It was, it was definitely his big chance tonight. He was a lot better. He's a lot better technically than a lot of those Slovakian players. He could have made something happen. It just didn't. And as much as much criticism coming Ali's way, I think when you see the alternative, you can sort of understand why he's playing because as, as bad as maybe. Um, I wouldn't say Ali's been poor. I'd say he's a, he's been average. But as average as he's been. Wilshire was a lot worse today, so we, yeah, I'd, I'd say Wilshire was the main disappointment. I don't think many other players disappointed. It was just one of those games where they they had at the end of the game they had two fullbacks, four centre backs on the pitch. How are you going to score past that? They're just literally clogging the box, and it's very hard to play against. So I have a lot of sympathy for the England players. They've had three tough, tough games where you've just had eleven men behind the ball. The teams just wanted to pick up a point. And it's it's been tough for them, but I think going forward in the knockout stage, we're going to see a lot better performances from England. And I think people are going to maybe be surprised at how well we do in the knockout stage compared to the group stages, purely because we're, we'll be playing a type of football that is better suited to how we play. So. Hmm. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, you say that, but uh, in the next round, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It looks like you'll probably be either playing Portugal or Iceland um, out of Group F. Hungary would probably sit back and defend, which could be furthering of that frustration. But after that, if favorites won, you'd be facing France and Germany. What what are you kind of expecting from England for the remainder of the tournament? I think it could get any way, to be honest. Knockout football is so unpredictable. You get teams play for the penalty shootout. You get teams that really surprise you, that come out and play well. Uh, a lot better than they did in the group stage. Just sometimes it's good to build up momentum slowly. Sometimes it's good just to get through the groups and take it from there, see who you're playing against. I mean, I, I'm in the school of thought that anything could happen. And may, I think for this England team, we're a lot, it's a, probably a lot better for us if we come up against a Portugal or an Austria out in the next round, one of those two teams. I think either of them could finish second. So I think... Um, I'd rather play one of those two than an Iceland or a Hungary who who might maybe uh, will sit back and will play the same way that Slovakia did today. I think against Portugal, Portugal are a very talented team. I think maybe they've been a under under sort of valued a little bit this tournament purely because of Ronaldo's selfishness. But on their day, that they, they could beat anyone in this tournament. So I think as a round of sixteen game, they're the one to avoid in that group. Any anyone else, I think I'd be quite happy to take on. So I, th- I, th- I think we're going to be all right. I think we're better suited to playing against a France or a Germany or a Portugal than we are playing against an Albania or a Slovakia. Like, I think they're going to come on to us more and it will put our defence under more pressure for sure. Like, we- we'll probably concede. But at the same time, when we get the ball back, Eric Dyer wins the ball back, we can, we can get it forward to Lalana or Vardy to run in behind. We've got sort of the clinical finishes that, if given space and time in, in the final third, would do something. Like, I think Rooney surging on from midfield is, is definitely going to be a threat in those matches. I think Kane could come into his own if he, if he gets minutes. I think he'll get more space. And we all know Harry Kane can stick the ball in from anywhere in that final third, even if he's close to the byline. He he, he shoots, he scores. Like, he he's an incredible finisher of the football. So I think... I think it may be a blessing in disguise to go into into the other half of the draw 
Like, of course, we'd rather be playing Albania or Northern Ireland than in the next round. Of course, we would. Like, we want as easy a route as possible. But at the same time, you have to think of how we play football. Yeah, well, hopefully you do get a, a favorable draw there because I think I do think the tournament is better uh, if England are in it, and that's coming from somebody who's not even English. So uh, hopefully that does work out for you. Obviously today, a big thing that happened with the team selection, happened throughout the match and is happening afterwards, considering a win would have won you the group, is a lot of attacks on Roy Hodgson, uh, both picking the team and his tactics. Were the substitutions an admission of guilt that he should have played these other players from the beginning? What's your take on all the Roy Hodgson hate that's kind of floating around at the moment? He's, oh, I do like Roy as a, as a person. I think he's very knowledgeable about the game. He's, he's achieved a lot. He's, he's seen a lot. He's got, gone across Europe, managed in several different countries. And, and I think he's been perhaps maybe a little bit unlucky and maybe a little bit unfairly criticized so far. Uh, in the first game, he made mistakes. I, I, I'm, I was one of one of the people who said he, sh- he maybe should have made more attacking changes to take the game away from Russia, instead of bringing on like Milner uh, to sort of shore things up. I think, and I think he learned his lesson. I think in the Welsh game, he did make those attacking changes, and it worked. But I think maybe in this game, his his sort of players that wouldn't be a threat from the bench were on the pitch, and there was no one sort of on the bench to sort of bring on to sort of attack those tired legs to sort of make things happen. I, I think the only players we sort of have to do that are Vardy and, and Sturridge. Um, maybe Sterling if he's in good form, but he's not. So I think once you've got those those players on the pitch, there's not really a lot to bring on. And it, it, the changes he made were odd, but at the same time, you can sort of understand it to rest uh, Ali, Bruni, and, and the fullbacks give them a little bit of a rest because the style we play sort of asks a lot of the fullbacks. So um, to play sort of seven, if we do get to the final, which we probably are not going to now, when that's like the job. If we did, to play seven games in a month is it, it, demanding. So I think you can see the sort of, you can see the reasons for resting those players. I think maybe the game is leaving him a lot behind a little bit tactically, and he can't sort of make those changes slightly. Sort of bring a player in five yards, um, bring a player in five yards to sort of attack the inside of a fullback or make those sort of little changes that the, the sort of top managers do to really, really make a difference. Like maybe he's not at that level anymore. But I, th- I think he's done a more or less a good job of England. Um, if we get to the quarterfinals, he's done his job. I think that's probably where... I think that's an acceptable tournament. I think really we are one of the top four teams of the tournament and that's where we should be aiming. But he, he's doing okay. I, that's just not really... If, if we did go out in the next round... What other options are there for England? Like, you have Pardew, Eddie Howe, a lot of people are talking about, but he's not done it outside of Bournemouth. So it's asking a lot of him to sort of come into England, get the respect of the players and sort of make a huge difference. I think he's got the job purely because there's nobody else. And But he's a nice he's a nice enough guy. He's doing okay. He's he's not he's not doing horrendously. I think, I mean, you don't even know what's going to happen yet. It, it might turn out that against the better teams, he's a lot better suited. He knows exactly how to play it and he gets the sort of tactics correct. We, we go deep into the tournament. Like, it's unfair to judge him so, at the moment. We have to judge him when we go out of the tournament or, or when the tournament's over and we can really judge how, he, how he's done. But he's doing okay. Like, I probably wouldn't have made as many changes as he did, but I can understand why he made them. And then maybe the substitutions today maybe could have brought on Rashford or Sterling for a bit of pace, but like it, it's it was going to be a tough ask to break down that Slovakian team. They they were dead set on get a po- a point and they got it. So it, it's it's going to be one. It's going to be a question for after the Euros. Um, right now, 
Oh, if, if I had to pick an England manager to take us forward, and this could be a little bit controversial considering what's just happened at Manchester United, but I would love to see Louis Van Gaal as my England manager. I think he's so to the international <laughs> game. And he, he, he did well with the Netherlands. Like, they've fallen off so much. And they I think, were not the third best team in the world when we no. came in third at the last World Cup. I think maybe he's better suited to international management now. And he knows the English game. Like, if there's a, manag- if there's a manager that should be hot favourite for that job, it's him. But purely because of his relationship with the media and things, it's not going to happen. But I think I, he's the manager I'd most like for England. But past that, I can't see anyone better than Roy. Like, I, he's doing okay. Like, like if, what are you going to expect? We haven't won a tournament since 1966. Like, come on. What do we expect? He's doing okay. <laughs> Yeah, we did have a whole show about who could step in for Roy, and I think we ended up with uh. <laughs> so. exactly like <laughs> Pardew would love it, but he's he's one he's he's too much of a sort of a, and he's just too much of a yeah. I don't know which what word he is. There's so many to use for Alan Pardew. He's just too. He's a bit self-obsessed for the England job. He does stupid things. He can never really carry that job out. Uh, Eddie Howe, like what has he done? Like a very promising coach, but don't get me wrong, but. England manager, no. And past that, who have you got? Sam Allardyce, mm, yeah. And you have to go for him if you're gonna if you're gonna replace him. And mm. that leaves. Don't it. take Poch. I swear to everything. <laughs> if you try to tap him up in the middle of a season, so, I, oh, I would have loved. I would have loved Sam Pauli or, or Bielsa. I think, mm. but both Sam Pauli's already gone to Sevilla. Yeah, I think like Bielsa looks like he's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Which yeah. will be a perfect joining. Of two of the craziest entities in football. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the club that is Lazio and the manager that is Bielsa. So that, that'll be something to keep an eye on for those of you that like watching Italian football. Uh, all right. Well, that should do it for us here. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Yeah, you can get my uh, Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. Uh, I write for EPL Index practically on a daily basis at the moment. The boot room, I'm writing quite a lot of stuff. Some about... Uh, a, two or three daily update of Leicester's transfer window, which is very interesting for both in, ins and outs. Uh, and I've recently started writing for uh, Newcastle 360, which is a Newcastle website basically focusing on Newcastle, which which is interesting. I mean, I've, I wrote a piece of why we should do everything to keep Musa Sissoko, which is perhaps controversial, especially I don't really like the bloke. But yeah, check that out. And the other two sites I do stuff for are Total Dutch Football and Get Better Smart, which, which are both owned by the same person. So they're definitely worth checking out. So yeah, check, check all those sites out. There's so many. Yeah, you definitely need to do some more things, man. It feels like yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> probably not doing enough. <laughs> all right. Well, again, thanks, thanks again for uh, coming back on, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.